if you want to be more successful in your business, in your life, in your relationships with your money, you need today's episode. Most people are trying to get to the top, whatever that looks like for them, but they'll never get past level one of success. There's four levels of success and they will keep hitting level one and they don't know why. And the reason why is because they are looking at success as if it's one step and they think they're hitting it, but they're really four steps or four levels. And what I want to do today is unpack what those four levels of success are so that you have the best chance of enjoying your life, reaching your goals. Otherwise, you will keep butting up against this ceiling that you don't realize is just the floor to the next level. So let's unpack the four levels of success and why most people don't get past level one. Welcome back to The Graham Cochran Show, where each week I'm helping you unpack the habits, mindsets, and strategies to create a highly profitable and life-giving business. I'm your host, Graham Cochran, pumped to hang out with you today. I hope you're doing great. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you for popping me in your ears. Would you consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts if you're enjoying this show? Uh, it means a lot. You guys have highly reviewed this show, which has catapulted it to a top 0.5% ranked podcast globally out of all podcasts in the world, which is insane. So thank you for your reviews and your downloads. And if you're watching on YouTube, you know I love you. Leave a comment. Let me know what you are getting out of this episode and what you'd like to see in a future episode. I tailor this content to you. So let's talk about success today. And so that word is sort of a junk drawer term. So let's first just define success for each other so that you have something in your mind as we go through this. You might be a business owner uh, and you might be thinking about success for me is in the language of business success. I would like to make $10,000 a month working 20 hours a week or less, which is usually my base minimum goal for my clients, get a six figures by working 20 hours a week or less, and then take it up from there. You might want to get to multiple six figures. You might want to get to seven. You might be making great money, but you're like, I'm working too much. So I want to keep the income and reduce my work hours in half. Um, that might be what success means to you in this season. Success might be, I would like to find a spouse and I'd like to stay married to him or her for the rest of my life, right? That's successful marriage is one that lasts until death do us part. So that would be a success. Maybe that's what you have in mind is your marriage. Maybe it's raising your kids. I want to raise wonderful kids who become incredible human beings that have clarity around their calling and purpose. They're kind, they're creative, they're, uh, they're self-starting, they're independent, uh, yet they're good in relationship. Like whatever that is, successful parenting, that might be what we have for success. You might just want to manage your money well, and you might be like, look, I'm making some money, but I'm not successful financially. I want to be able to break sort of my, my poverty mindset cycle in my family and my upbringing, and I want to be able to create wealth for me and my kids and my kids' kids and, and just have a different experience with money than my past. Whatever success is for you, can you put it in your mind for a second? Imagine that. So when I say success, you're starting to apply this to your specific situations. I'll give some specific examples of some categories so that you can understand what I'm talking about. But when I say success, I need you to think about something specifically that you want, that you want to be really good at, you want to be successful at. Got it in your mind? Okay, 
Let me briefly tell you what the four levels of success are and why most don't get past level one. And then we'll talk about how to get to level four. Success level one is what we call tactics. Success level two is what we call strategy. So tactics are at the bottom. Imagine it like a staircase or a ladder. There's one rung or one level that most people get to and it's tactics. What are the tactics to reach my successful goal? But more valuable than tactics, and we'll break this down, is strategy. What is the right strategy for me to get what I want? That's higher than tactics. So most don't get past tactics. Some get to strategy. But there's something even higher than strategy, and that's principles. What are the principles that would help me discover or decide what strategy to use? Principles are higher than strategy. Most people never get to having principles, understanding what their principles are. And then the final, the fourth and final and highest level of success is wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is higher than all three below it. Wisdom's at the top, which very few people get to. Principles just below it. Strategy just below that. Tactics at the bottom. So let's unpack what those four are, and then we'll talk about why people get stuck at one and how to get to four. So when I say tactics, this is the way the human brain thinks. Um, So, you know, for years I've been coaching people how to launch online businesses. So they're like, okay, I want to start a business or grow a business or create a more passive income style of business instead of a service-based business, whatever it is. They come to me and what do they ask? They ask questions. You can learn a lot about what level of success people are playing at by the questions that they ask. When I get questions like, Graham, how do I create a good funnel? I know that they're in tactics land. They're thinking tactics. Now, we, we need tactics. Please don't mishear me. We'll, we'll get to this in a second. We need tactics. We need to learn how to do certain things. But when all the questions are, how do I create a funnel? How do I write good sales copy? Should my sales copy be long or short? Should I have a video on my sales page or just be text? Should I be selling an online course or a membership? These are tactical questions. Again, they're not bad questions, but if if all we're asking are tactical questions, then we know that we're stuck at the tactical level. In the financial space, a tactical question would be like, what stock should I buy? Should I buy stocks or real estate? Should I have an Airbnb property or long-term rental? What's the best savings account to use? Right? These are tactical questions. This is where most people are. They want to know how to do something, and they think that the answer that's going to get them to where they want to go is just one tactical question away. But the, the problem, there's a couple problems with this. One is it's like you're asking for pieces of a puzzle that you don't fully understand. You're asking for pieces of the puzzle, and you don't know what the puzzle should look like. Or you're asking for pieces of a puzzle to solve a puzzle that you may not even need to solve. So meaning I could give you all the right answers and give you all the right pieces to that puzzle and you would have solved that puzzle. But once you've solved it, you look at it, you're like, I don't even need this puzzle. Why did I spend all this time solving this puzzle? Because you're just asking the tactical questions. You haven't gone a level higher or a level deeper, depending on how you view the metaphor, to understand what are the right tactical questions to even be asking, which we'll get to in a second. Um, That's one problem. The other problem is that when you ask tactical questions, it only leads to another tactical question. (laughs) Every tactical question you ask, even if you get a good answer to that, 
was it's just going to lead to another question, yet another question. This is why content marketing works so well, by the way. This is why having a YouTube channel works so well for your business. There's an unending, unsatiable, insatiable, excuse me, craving for questions to be answered. And the answer to one question only leads to a further question. Tactics are unending and the need to get those answers are unending. If you're asking tactical questions, good for you. That is, that's where we start. That's where we start. But if that's all you're asking, you're only going to get but so far. Above tactics is strategy. A good example of if we're if the first tactical question is like, hey, how do I create a funnel or how do I write great sales copy? A strategy question would be: Is content marketing better than paid traffic marketing? Like now we're asking about strategies. These aren't tactics; these are strategies. Content marketing is a strategy. Paid traffic is a strategy. Launching versus evergreen funnels, these are strategy questions. On the, the money side, passive index investing versus day trading, these are strategy questions. Instead of like, what stock should I buy? You should be asking like, what investment strategy should I be implementing? Buy and hold, passive you know, in, index investing versus individual stock and stock trading. So now we're talking about strategy. And this is great because if you ask strategy questions, you're, you're realizing, wow, not only there's multiple tactics, there's, above that there's multiple strategies underneath which are multiple tactics. And what we want to find out is what is the best strategy for me? What's the best strategy for you? In parenting, if, you're, if you have a newborn, right, and they're not sleeping through the night, and you're asking questions like, how do I get my kid to sleep? You know, should I uh, feed them at this time? Should I feed them at this time? Should I uh, have a rocking device? Should I swaddle them? You're asking tactical questions, but a level higher would be, what sleep strategy do you think I should implement for my baby, right? There's different philosophies. You can separate philosophy with strategies in a way of different, you know, ways of thinking about getting your baby to sleep. And, and when you get into the parenting world, and parents, you understand this, you realize there are people on complete different sides of the aisle here that completely judge the other side when it comes to, like, do you let your baby cry it out in their crib so that they go to sleep or not? Because depending on which strategy you're implementing for getting your baby to sleep will drastically change which tactics you use, right? So I remember, like, Shay and I, we, we read a book, that, and we felt we aligned with a strategy of, like, hey, helping your kid go to sleep is, you know, you feed them, but that you put them down, and you let them cry, and you don't pick them up. You don't, you don't pick them up, you, and, and you don't sleep with them in your own bed. They sleep in their crib. You let them cry it out, and, and we understood the strategy, and that led to specific tactics. Those tactics would mess you up if you're not going to let your baby cry it out, which is a very different strategy, right? And in, the, in, in reality, both can lead to your baby being sleep trained, but you've got to pick a strategy, and that will determine what tactics you should use. It's, it's lead to the right tactics. Otherwise, you're just picking random tactics that might be opposed to each other, which is the problem with like just watching a bunch of random YouTube videos and not knowing what strategy they're employing in the back end. Like when people see people doing things online with their business, like, oh, I see what he's doing on Instagram or see what she's doing on YouTube. They don't understand the strategy that person's employing. And so they start to copy the tactics and they wonder why they're not working because those tactics are from different streams of thought and different strategies. And you need to first back up and ask, which strategy are they implementing? And let's hope it's even working, by the way. But then that strategy is going to determine what kind of tactics to employ. Now, 
The problem with strategy, because strategy is great. The problem with strategy is just because it's a strategy that works doesn't mean it's the right one for you or that it will continue to work forever. (laughs) This is the one problem with hanging your hat on strategies. And we say, wow, this is a strategy that works. It worked for me. Well, what if it stops working? Or if like I saw someone doing this strategy, I understood the strategy, it makes sense, but what if it's not the right strategy for you? And I have to deal with this as an educator myself. I am teaching strategies that I know. I'm only teaching strategies that I know and use that I know that work. They're not the only strategies, but they're the ones that have worked for me. So I'm teaching them so that you understand the strategy, but there is a chance that that strategy is not the right strategy for you. And then certainly the tactics I'm telling you to do will be the wrong tactics for you, but more important than tactics are strategy. And so you have to learn the strategy and then see if that's the right strategy for you. And you can even try a strategy for a time and say, you know what, this isn't for me. I don't like it, it doesn't jive with me. So that's one problem with strategies. That's not one strategy for all people. But the other problem is even if the strategy has been working, there's no guarantee it will continue to work forever. There's some things that we did online in 2009, 10, and 11 when I started my first business and was making good money that no longer work today. The The online landscape is different. When I was um, starting my first online business, the iPhone was two years old, social media was barely on mobile, and Instagram wasn't a thing, TikTok wasn't a thing, short form video content wasn't a thing. It was just a whole different world. So some strategies no longer work like they used to. And there's some new strategies that just didn't exist back then because they weren't relevant. So that's the one limitation of strategies. They may not be right for you and they may not be right forever. A level above strategies are principles. Principles. These are deeply held beliefs or truths that are timeless. Principles are amazing because principles are timeless. They work everywhere all the time. They are principles. They are things you can build your life on. You can build your business on. Principles generally involve, the reason why principles typically work is they generally involve a high level of understanding of human psychology, for one. Because when you understand how humans work, well, then nothing's going to change. Because guess what? Humans don't change. No offense. We've gotten more educated, we've made more discoveries, and we will continue to learn new things. But human beings have been the same since the dawn of time and will be the same until the end of time. Humans are humans. That's it. We haven't gotten rid of war. We haven't gotten rid of violence. We haven't gotten rid of jealousy. We haven't gotten rid of uh, infidelity in marriage. We haven't gotten rid of, you know, uh, poverty. Like, humans are humans and while we should always improve ourselves and we should always improve as a nation and as a world to create better systems for more people to thrive at the end of the day the psychology of human beings will never change so people who understand human psychology will start to understand principles of humans which then you can apply to your business your life your marriage because they will always be true doesn't matter if tiktok goes away human psychology will not change principles of Understanding your industry are important as well. When you understand your industry at large, in terms of like the foundational elements of your industry, those will always be true, right? So for example, if you're in the financial space, financial strategies might come and go. Financial tactics will surely, surely come and go, but financial principles 
will never change because the markets, a capitalistic society, by definition, has certain principles that it's based off of. And while you're going to have different cycles and seasons, you're going to have different people in in office running the country, and you're going to have different laws and that kind of stuff, the principles of finance, the principles of business and economics remain the same. And so he who understands those underlying principles, those foundational principles, is going to win. Because then you can say, you know what, in this season, with the market being down or the market being up, we're going to employ this strategy and therefore these tactics. But I understand the principles of how business, markets, economics work. A good example of principles in my business are the principles of generosity. Let's start there. Generosity. I believe you should give more than you take. I believe that giving first leads to reaping, right? You sow seeds, you reap a harvest. So sowing and reaping is a principle that's been around since the dawn of time. It's in the Bible. It's in scripture. You know, you've got motivational speakers like Earl Nightingale, you know, making this famous and this, the strangest secret. And he talks about sowing and reaping and, and everybody's copied it. I mean, it's all the same thing. You reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow. Like if I plant an apple seed, I'll get a whole tree full of apples. Um, and you reap later than you sow. It, in this instantaneous culture, me teaching generosity, it's fallen out of fashion because we're like, hey, I gave Graham, I, I posted videos, Graham, I should have like gobs of money in my bank account. It doesn't happen that fast. You reap what you sow. So whatever you sow, you'll reap more of. If you sow money, you'll reap money. If you sow, you know, generosity in, in your, of your time, you're going to reap generosity of other people's time. If you sow wisdom, you're going to reap wisdom. If you, whatever, if you sow business, if you give people business, you know, to other competitors, you're going to get business. You reap exactly what you sow. You reap more than you sow. It's multiplicative and exponential, and you reap later than you sow. So you have to be patient. You have to play the long game. So generosity is a principle I've built my entire life on. I've built my finances on it, and I've built my business on it. And really, if you're, if you're thinking about it, you should build your marriage or your relationships on it. Most relationships are selfish. At best, they have a gloss or a veneer of generosity, but but they're not. That That's why people typically, this is going to be sound offensive, so forgive me if, if this is you, but I'm making a broad statement here. This is typically what happens in most divorces, is it's, at the end of the day, it's two selfish people who can't get over the fact that, like, I'm not getting what I want out of this relationship, or what I thought I was going to get, or what I signed up for, therefore I'm out. And that's the culture that, at least in America, we've created, which is, wow, we've been viewing relationship all wrong, especially marriage. Marriage is not about you, it's about the other person. It's about service. It's about generosity. This is why, in a lot of cultures, arranged marriages work because it's not about what am I going to get out of this. They didn't even get to pick the person. And I'm not saying I. I mean, I don't know. With my, with my girls, I might think about arranged marriage. Right? I might pick a really good man. But uh, no, my goal is to try to train them to pick a good man. Show them what a good man is. Teach them how to pick a good man. But the beautiful thing about a lot of arranged marriages, they last. Why do they last? Because they're they're viewing it relationship very different. They're like, well. We're in this, like we've, we've been set up, we've been matched, we're gonna make it work. And so how can we make it work? I gotta learn to serve you, you gotta learn to serve me, I gotta be generous with you, you'll be generous with me, like we'll figure this out. Whereas in America, it's like, if I don't like it anymore, I'm out. Which is the way we view business, it's the way we view our investments, it's the way we view uh, you know, the house we live in, the way we view our state, like we just, we peace out when we don't like it. Um, and we have a lot of choice, we have, we're blessed with a lot of choice, but. Generosity is a principle that will serve you in relationship is my point. Um, so generosity is a huge, huge principle. The other, another principle I run my business on is play the long game. 
it's, you know, Steve Jobs of Apple said it famously that business is just a game of attrition, meaning over time, if you stay in the game long enough, all your competitors will close up shop. So the, the game in business is just to stay in it. So how can you stay in it? Well, you can stay in it by not burning out. You can stay in it by having products and services that are referable that people can't stop talking about. You'll stay in it by having customer service that keeps people customers for life. You'll stay in it by making sure you love the work you're doing so that you're not sick of it. You're like, I could keep doing this for years. I would do this even if they didn't pay me. Um, And so that's a principle I built my business on, which is I'm not trying to build a business that I can exit. I'm not trying to from. I'm not trying to build a business that I can sell. But my businesses are very unsellable businesses for the most part because they're personal brands. That's what people, a lot of times people say, well, I don't want a personal brand because it's not sellable. Well, you're missing the point. The point isn't to sell your company. Like what happens to successful people when they build and sell a company? They go build and sell another company and then build and sell another company. They keep, they stay in business. So why not just build one company and stay in it for your whole life? Right? Like Elon Musk is the wealthiest person on the planet. Like when you look at the math, like it's just ridiculous how much wealth he has. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's it's, it's hard to even fathom. He's still building and buying and selling companies because he's not going to sit around and do nothing, even though of all people on the planet, he should and he could, but because it's not fulfilling. So we're going to be working our whole lives anyway. The idea of retirement is sort of a silly myth if you think about it. The goal should be to build a business, this is a principle, that you stay in forever because you love it and it adds value forever and it gives you meaning and purpose. You're going to live longer because you're not going to just sit there with no purpose and you'll have plenty of money. You'll never have to worry about the markets or your investments because you're going to have money coming in from your business for the rest of your life. And if you do it the way I teach, it'll be largely passive anyway. So build a business for the long haul. That's a principle I built my business on, which is going to change what strategies I use, right? If I'm trying to build a business that I don't want to retire from, it's going to change the strategies I use, which is going to change the tactics that I use. And also, it's, it's going to allow me to say, well, if this strategy no longer works, i got to find another strategy because I'm staying in this business for the long haul. Make sense? So if you can live your life by principles, focus on what are the principles that will get me to what I want, you're going to be way more successful in your business, your finances, your marriage, everything, than focusing on strategy alone or, God forbid, just focusing on tactics. Like in marriage, tactics are what should I, what, what date should I take my wife on to make her love me? What do I say to her to get her to love me? Um, what do I do when she's angry? Like these are all great things, but those are tactical questions. Strategy questions are like, how do I date my wife well? What's a date night strategy we can employ that allows us to have regular date nights, stay connected, not run out of things to say on date night? But the principle is, how can I live selflessly in service and generosity to my wife? If you believe in that principle, bro, you're gonna have a great marriage. Hey, we'll get back to the episode in just a moment, but I wanted to give you a gift for hanging out with me in today's episode. I wanna give you access to a free on-demand video training to teach you how to build your first $1,000 of passive income in just 30 minutes a day. This workshop is packed with not only the things you need to create passive income, but the order in which you need to create them, how they tie together, templates you can use for swipe copy, scripts you can use, the exact tools that are both free and cheap that you can implement and use today, including how to figure out what your profitable idea is if you haven't launched your business. I cover all of this. I pull back the curtain on my business model that I'm using right now while you're enjoying this episode and how I'm generating 
a million dollars a year plus in two businesses. It's all inside of this workshop and it's free. I want you to watch it because it is the business model I believe in. If you like what you'll see in this workshop, then you will know that what I'm teaching you has got substance and it's a good fit for you. So watch it, take notes and apply it and you can build an online passive income business off of a free video training. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop. That's grahamcochran.com slash workshop. Now back to the episode. And the fourth and final level of success. And dude, principles are amazing. The most principled people I know have the most successful lives that I know. But here's what's one level higher than principles, and that's wisdom. Wisdom is this invisible secret sauce that the most successful people I've ever met or have ever read about or ever thought about they have this invisible secret sauce called wisdom. And wisdom is beyond knowledge. You can be incredibly knowledgeable. You can be the smartest person on the planet and know and be able to debate me into the ground because your head is full of knowledge. And, and man, I love knowledge. Like I love my kids getting a great education. I want them to be lifelong learners. It's one of my principles in life is like always learn, like learn how to learn because if you learn how to learn, then you can do anything in life. But man, beyond having a bunch of knowledge is having this invisible wisdom, which is, an, in, my, in my definition, is it's an intuitive understanding of what to do when. Graham's definition of wisdom is an intuitive understanding, an intuitive deep knowing of what to do when. If you have wisdom, you can figure out any situation. If you have wisdom... You can speak into the life of anybody, even if you don't know their industry. This, this is why, let's get like very specific for a second. This is why if you're trying to become a coach, whether that's in your industry of fitness or finance or business or a relationship or communication, whatever, you know, leadership, whatever you coach people on, the best coaches in the world have wisdom. And the best coaches in the world could actually be plucked out of their industry and charge $100,000 to coach someone in, in an industry they know nothing about who's more successful than they are at a million different things and still blow their freaking minds and get them massive breakthrough. Why? Do they know the tactics about that business? No. Do they even know the strategies about that business? No. But they're probably a principled person and all principles are timeless and probably work for all industries. But deeper than principles or higher than principles, again, however you look at the metaphor, they have this wisdom, this intuitive understanding of what to do and when to do it. So they can listen to somebody's problem and they can hear the thing underneath the thing. They can see the thing behind the thing and they can ask provocative, powerful questions that allow the person to sort of self-counsel and self-coach and arrive at their own insights this is the power of wisdom. So wisdom is really hard to wrap our heads around. This is why we like tactics. Tactics make sense. They just do. What do I do in this specific situation, right? Um, how do I get more people to open up my emails and get a higher open rate on my email? Like that, people, we, we, we like them because they're like a snack. They, like, they fill up the bucket. They, they help us get what we think we want. But we also like them because we understand them. Wisdom is really hard to understand. 
but it's powerful. And here's how Solomon, one of the wisest people on the planet, he was a, a king in Jerusalem about 3,000 years ago, and also on record one of the wealthiest people ever, who ever lived. This is what he wrote about wisdom in the book of Proverbs in the Bible. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 14 through 18. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths and all her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. So in this passage... King Solomon is describing wisdom as a woman. It's a metaphor. So he's personifying wisdom as this woman that you seek and find. Like if you go find her, here are the benefits. You'll be joyful. Uh, You'll have more profit than silver and have better wages than gold. Um, He's saying that wisdom is more precious than rubies. You're going to have long life. You're going to have riches. You're going to have honor. You'll go down delightful paths. You'll be satisfied. Wisdom will be a tree of life to you, and you'll be happy. I mean, isn't that what we want in life, all of those things? No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what season you're in, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what we're talking about, you want those things. Happiness, joy, profit, long life, riches, honor, life, satisfaction, delight. So it's interesting, and this is coming from a guy who was one of the best leaders on the planet, had all like, more money than anybody can imagine, was successful, had multiple palaces, multiple wives and servants and entertainers, and like he tried to find happiness. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, which is what he wrote, it's in the Bible. Proverbs is like beautiful and all this wisdom. Ecclesiastes is wisdom on the other side of screwing life up when he's old and saying, this is how I tried to satisfy the whole in my heart. And he talks about, I try to satisfy it with uh, wealth. I try to satisfy it with possessions. I try to satisfy it with accomplishment, achievement. Like he built great palaces and great gardens. I try to satisfy it with sex and, um, and love. I try to satisfy it with even knowledge. He's like, I wanted to be the smartest person on the planet. Um, he tried all those things. And he had all those things. He's like, listen to me. Like, he's literally writing it to younger men in his palace. He's like, listen to me, bro. I had all the things. Like, anything you're trying, like, I tried it, uh, and it didn't work. Um, and, and he basically talks about, like, you should just enjoy the life God's given you, and you should follow God and enjoy him. Uh, and so it's like he, he has this beautiful, like, push for the simple life of enjoy what you have. What a concept. Um, but he's always been about wisdom is the highest thing you could have. It's the best thing you could have when it comes to success. And so wisdom, it's, what, do you, what, do you, what is it? How do you find it? Where is it? Where does it come from? We'll talk about that in a second. But if you have it, if you have this innate sense of deep understanding of what to do when, just wisdom, if you have it inside of you, you find yourself intuitively knowing what to do, how to respond, what strategies to pick, what direction to go. You don't need a manual for every possible scenario. You can walk into scenarios and make great decisions and have successful outcomes because you have this deep, invisible secret sauce inside of you. 
That is the, the highest level of success. If you have wisdom, everything else will be successful in your life. Tactics, not necessarily. Strategy, better than tactics. Principles, for sure, you're going to do really well. But wisdom, wisdom crosses all boundaries, all areas of life. And wisdom, it's like a living, breathing thing. It just, it's like having a, it's, it's almost like having like a, a an unending honey pot. Like honey is delicious, but it runs out. But if you had this honey pot inside of you that just kept overflowing with honey, you had like never ending sweetness. It never runs out and you can bring it everywhere you go and you can share it with others and you can pour your wisdom out to others and then that sweetness passes on to other people. It's a beautiful thing. So here's the problem. People want tactics and they want strategy, but they need principles and wisdom. You want tactics and strategy. I want tactics and strategy. But we need principles and wisdom. Personal example, I'm, you know, book number two is coming out next year. I'm focusing on getting on more physical stages and writing new keynotes and trying to become a better keynote speaker. So I'm, I'm asking all the tactical questions and all the strategy questions. I've got coaches and I've got content and I've got friends that are doing this. Like, and I'm, I'm asking the tactical questions and the strategy questions. That's what I want. The best people that are helping me are giving me principles and wisdom. And I'm like, I don't want principles and wisdom. That's not going to help me. I need to know what to put on the front of my speaker kit. You know, it's like, I want, I want the juicy tactic, but they're giving me principles and wisdom. And if I let that marinate in my soul, I'm going to be successful as a speaker. I'm going to be successful as a, an author, right? But I'm just being honest with you. We want tactics and strategy, but we need principles and wisdom. People click on tactical content, but they need wisdom content. This drives me crazy because I'm a YouTuber, I'm a podcaster, I'm a blogger, I've been doing this stuff for 14 years, I know what gets people to click. It's the tactical stuff. That's what they want to click on, that's what you want to click on. But that's not what you need, you need wisdom. So as a content creator and as a content marketer, I've been trying to perfect over the years the art of Trojan horsing you, right? Like, I try to roll up to the door, bang on your big old gate, and say, hey, look, it's a free horse. It's a gift. Let me in. You're like, oh, I love a free horse. And then once I'm in, aka once you've clicked on my thing, you get to keep the horse. I'm not bait and switching you. It's not clickbait. I'm not like all of a sudden the horse turns into a big turd, right? You still get to keep the horse. I just jump out from inside of the horse and say, hey, here I am. Here's some wisdom. Here's some wisdom, Right? I'm going to give you what you want, sell you what you want, display it as what you want, but I'm going to give you what you need inside of that, right? The wrapping is going to be what you want. I'm going to give you some of what you want, but at the end of the day, the core, the meat of what is inside of my content is going to be what you need, and what you need are principles, and you need wisdom. But you don't want that, but it's what you need. And I want you to be successful. I want you to be successful. So when I was in the music space, I would teach the tactics of what microphone to buy to sound better, you know, what, where to place the microphone in your crappy sounding room to make your drum sound better, what little, you know, setting on your EQ inside of your software to make your, you know, your bass guitar sound huge. I'll give you those things. Those are tactics. But inside of those videos, I would try to teach principles and impart wisdom of how to think about sound, how to think about these tools so that you could kind of figure it out on your own. In a way... Tactics are like giving a man a fish. Strategies are like giving a man direction to where like a river is where lots of fish are. 
but principles and wisdom are teaching a man to fish. And really, deeper wisdom would be teaching a man how to think about fish, fishing, cooking, managing food, like all of those things. Like it would be so much deeper so that like I can give you this wisdom and then you can run, run with it yourself. You don't need to keep coming back for need another fish. I need another fish. I need another tactic. I need another tactic. Oh, that strategy doesn't work anymore. I need another strategy. I want to give you something that's timeless, like principles, and something that's invisible and more powerful than anything, which is wisdom. So how do we get wisdom? We'll wrap this up. Three things, right? Number one, read wisdom literature. It's literally called wisdom literature for a reason. So the the best piece of wisdom literature on the planet is the Bible. It's the best-selling book on the planet, right? There's a reason why. If you're not a, a Christian or if you're not Jewish or if you're not even religious, you need to read the Bible. It doesn't matter. Like, the Bible is the foundation of, like, pretty much every bit of human wisdom that we have. Whether people want to acknowledge that or not, it's the, are, are the best parts of our country in the United States, people being in, endowed with human dignity, every single person has worth and dignity, that is not an American thing. That is a Christian thing that came from the Bible, right? We, we all love Martin Luther King Jr. Um, in America because he fought for racial equality. He died for racial equality. Why did he believe in racial equality? Because he was a Christian, and that's what Christians believe. That's why if you see a Christian who's racist, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Like, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches all people are created in God's image. Therefore, they all have worth. And it's not just race, it's gender. And it's not just gender, it's season of life. Old people are created in God's image just like young people. And it's also season of life. Babies are created in God's image, whether people want them or don't. Like they should all be treated with dignity. I know I'm getting into some some political stuff, but like this is an example of where did that come from? The Bible. The Bible. Wisdom literature. The idea of property rights and ownership that have made America one of the wealthiest countries ever, allowing individuals to own their own stuff instead of the government owning everything. Socialism, like individuals being able to own their stuff is a biblical concept from the Old Testament. The Jews have been doing this for you. Like God speaking to people and giving people prop, like rules and laws around their own property and he upheld personal property rights. What a concept, right? So there's reading the Bible, whether you worship the God of the Bible or not, I hope that you will, but if you don't, it's still gonna benefit your life. And I think God knew it. He wrote it that way. He knew that, that just the wisdom alone from just reading and applying what you read in scripture, it can change your life. It can change your life. That's, there's tons of like, it's so crazy. There's so many like money books and success books and mindfulness books and even law of attraction books. And what do they quote? They quote the Bible. They quote the Bible because there's so much wisdom there. Also, there's all kinds of agent philosophy if you don't want to read the Bible. You know, Plato, Socrates, um, there's the Stoic writings. Like, there's just some beautiful ancient wisdom. Wisdom literature is a great place to get wisdom. These are some of the deep thinkers, people that just had a powerful connection with the divine that could understand how people work and how the world works. You're not going to get that by reading a personal development book. I mean, you can, but they're borrowing it from the Bible or, or other ancient wisdom. So read wisdom literature. I read the Bible every day. I highly recommend you do as well. Number two, read biographies and history of successful people. You know? It's like, 
Look at people that did amazing things in their lives and read their biography or read history books. Like, that stuff used to bore me until I realized just how powerful it is to learn from someone who's long since dead, who had great success as a leader, as a parent, as a business owner, anyone who had incredible influence, right? Like, what did they do? How did they think? This is why you read biographies and histories to understand how people think. You're getting into their head. You're getting their wisdom. There's just countless, countless opportunities to gain wisdom from reading biographies and history of successful people. And number three, find a mentor. Find a coach. Someone you respect who is successful in not only the area you want to be successful in, but look at the other areas, right? Like when I hire a coach, I'm looking at their track record, not just in the area that I'm tactically interested in, business, relationships, money, but I'm looking at other areas of their life because wisdom leaves clues, right? If they are wise in business, but they don't have a thriving marriage or they're strained from their, strange from their kids, they probably have lots of good tactics and strategies for business, but I wonder if that's the kind of person I want to gain wisdom from. Probably not. I might just take a tactic and move on. But if I look at someone who's successful at the thing I want to learn or do or have more breakthrough in, and they're still married and their kids still love them and they still have their faith and they've managed their money well and they have a reputation that's solid, they haven't ruined their, their reputation, I'm going to spend time with them. And I'll pay, I'll, I'll pay for a mentor. I'll pay for coaching. Usually you have to. It's, it's, I mean, it's possible to get something for free. Very rare. Um, but it's worth it, right? To, to have that master and apprentice type relationship where I can just gain wisdom. And it's, it, it happens through osmosis. So read wisdom literature, read biographies and history of successful people so you learn how they think and find a mentor or a coach to spend time with. Okay, we covered a lot. So my question for you is, what level of success are you stop, stopped at, stuck at? Are you stuck acting, asking tactical questions? Is that where you spend most of your time? Are you stuck at the strategy level? Do you have principles that you run your life by? If not, it's good to think about them. And if not, it's good to find some. And how are you daily increasing your wisdom, your invisible secret sauce inside of this intuitive understanding of what to do when? What are you doing to actively increase your wisdom so that you can be successful in all areas of life. If this was helpful, let me know in a comment below. I hope you're having an amazing day. I hope this content has blessed you. I hope it gave you a little bit of what you want, a couple of tactics, but hopefully more of what you need, some wisdom. I'll see you in another episode real soon.